Hello, everyone. Welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast. My name is Yitz Epstein. I am a narcissistic abuse life coach. Today, I want to talk about grieving after narcissistic abuse. Uh, most people don't fully grasp the damage that's done after narcissistic abuse, which is why it is important to identify how damaging, uh, what the damage is, assess that damage, and ultimately heal. One of the processes of moving on past narcissistic abuse of any relationship with a narcissistic abuser is grieving. Grieving, there are stages, according to Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. These stages include denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and finally, acceptance. This is the grieving process after narcissistic abuse is not a death, obviously, in some cases it is, but mostly it's the loss of innocence, it's the loss of opportunity, faith, childhood perhaps, opportunities, love, the loss of a dream, the loss of a connection, the loss of status. These are very real losses. And without realizing that, oftentimes we'll go out into the world with this this, this lack of grief, I should say the lack of grieving, uh, and ultimately what we will end up doing is oftentimes looking to soothe this pain in dysfunctional and destructive ways. So grieving is extremely necessary along the healing journey after narcissistic abuse. So I want to go through some of the specific uh, stages of, of after narcissistic abuse that happen uh, that are aligned with grieving, which are very normal. So it's important to understand that after narcissistic abuse, there's going to be a normal uh, reaction and ultimately stages gone through, which are very similar to grief because just like when somebody, let's say, dies and it's a shock, that is certainly the first reaction. Uh, oftentimes, I say most of the time, this is a natural reaction. So the first reaction to Finding out that your partner or your parent or your or you, whoever you are engaged with is a narcissist is usually shock, which is along the lines of denial. Um, it'll be difficult to comprehend. It'll be difficult to in, uh, ingrain the new uh, information with the old, and this will create a shock, a cognitive cognitive dissonance. Um, the individual at this point in time usually feels empty. They'll oftentimes feel suicidal. Uh, they'll feel like it's a withdrawal, like they're quite literally losing some connection that is um, that is uh, that has been oftentimes a part of their life for many years, and oftentimes their whole life. So this initial shock of of, of almost like just like a death, like I mentioned, will be the usually the initial stage. Uh, there'll be a certain sense of denial, um, even if the person accepts the information, the person's heart, emotions, and uh, Total until it catches up to them, there'll be a certain denial. Uh, this will be where they will oftentimes just shut down and not be able to uh, address it, or just want space, or just not really be able to make sense of how something like this could have possibly, how could they have missed such a uh, such a catastrophe coming. Uh, oftentimes, you'll see in this stage of hopes where the, the the victim of the narcissist will will hope that the narcissistic abuser will come back. And, uh, see the good that they have to offer. This is where the narcissist oftentimes has a new supply. They'll be running around with that new supply, and the victim will feel uh, extremely just incredible pain because ultimately they will not be able to face the fact that their lover, their friend, their parent has betrayed them in this way. So this is where the denial comes in. Um, there'll be a certain amount of doubt, one's own self-doubt. Uh, this is where you see uh, the individual will oftentimes do a ton of research and just study everything they possibly could about the, the narcissistic abuser. They'll almost do it to a point of obsession oftentimes. They'll start to question everything. Uh, they will um, they'll question themselves. They'll question, uh, they'll question God. They'll question how could this happen. Uh, they'll be extremely confused at this state. 
And um, during this state, it's 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 important to understand that knowledge, information, does not heal. So you know, it, it's it's important to understand what happened. That is understandable. In fact, there is some solace in in knowing and uh, getting getting clarity. Um, but oftentimes, what people do, what I've noticed, is that they will try to outsmart the narcissist by doing so much research and downloading so much information. Uh, they will feel like they've figured it all out. But ultimately speaking, what you're dealing with is somebody who's sick, non-ethical, and ultimately abusive. So it's hard. Making sense of that is oftentimes a waste of energy and time, and it certainly doesn't uh, lead you to where you want to go, which is freedom and health. So it's important to understand that knowledge is not healing per se. There is a place for it. It'll be extremely important for the individual to uh, to feel their feelings and feel the rage they have. And this uh, this is certainly a part of the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's stages of grief, where uh, after denial comes anger. Uh, the individual will feel incredible anger. Now, this could be, again, towards anyone, towards themselves for falling for it, uh, towards the narcissistic abuser for betraying them in this way. So it's important to let this process happen. Uh, oftentimes, when there, it, this process does not happen, it leads to depression, which is anger turned inward. Depression is avoidance. It does not uh, allow um, these angry feelings. There's a righteous anger to it. There's a necessary feeling of vengeance and rage that is that is proper. Now, this could become pathological if it does not get uh, processed, which means if it doesn't, if these feelings don't get accepted for what they are, which are part of the grieving process, then ultimately it can become a form of wanting to, a motivation to want to take revenge on the narcissistic abuser. And I would immediately suggest not doing that because that is part, that is playing into the game of the narcissistic abuser. That is playing into the tug of war, the dysfunction. Uh, so, taking revenge and wanting to fight, and ultimately, and I can completely understand the anger towards the narcissistic abuser, however, um, spending any more time thinking about them and trying to punish them is certainly not an endeavor I would suggest. It is much like a death. Narcissistic abuse, facing the illusion of what had happened, is much like losing uh, losing your reality, losing what was real, what was true. Um, so in this case, Facing the truth, facing the reality, facing yourself, and facing what is, is is very very difficult. And it, again, it's much like a death, which is why these stages of grieving may not seem necessary, but they are very necessary in order to go through to properly uh, move on with your life. And if this doesn't happen, oftentimes we create new relationships where we recapitulate the same dysfunction uh, with the same results ultimately. Grieving includes grieving the childhood you did not get, the um, the parents you did not have, or the partner you thought was real. Uh, it really is about uh, coming to terms with what absolutely is, and not the hopes and the fantasies and the desires, but rather facing what is, which is, like I mentioned, extremely difficult. Um, there was a lot of energy, time, money, resources invested in this relationship, and therefore having that all go to waste is a very difficult thing to face. However, the quicker you face it, the better you can then move on because without facing it, we cannot truly heal. So some suggestions on your healing journey to help you grieve and ultimately lead to the last stage. Um, there are two other there are two other stages uh, in the um, stages of recovery from grief, according to Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, and they are uh, bargaining and depression and finally acceptance, so three more. So denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Finally, there will have to be acceptance. This is how we move on. This is not going to happen 
necessarily easily. This is also not going to happen for some time, so that's okay. Accepting your reality, even if intellectually you get it, your heart takes time to catch up and really be in the moment and be present and have the opportunity to be vulnerable again because of this deep betrayal. So give it time. Do not rush the process. They say time heals, but this in this case, time does not heal. In fact, time could just do absolutely nothing if you're not necessarily going to give yourself the opportunity, the environment, and the care, compassion, and empathy, and self-care and self-love you need in order to heal. Time is plays a factor, so it's certainly going to take time, and we can't rush the process. However, it's just simply leaving your wounds wide open uh, will eventually will keep them stuck and ultimately cause issues later on. You must allow your feelings. You can't force it. You can't speed it up. It happens in its time. What you can do is, like I mentioned, give yourself the opportunity. Surround yourself with people who support you. Um, create the environment for optimal healing. Uh, this is where it is imperative to treat yourself oftentimes like a baby, uh, like, a, like a very innocent child who's been very hurt and wounded because what happens after narcissistic abuse is all of your wounds get ripped open, not just the ones from this relationship. If there were childhood wounds, they oftentimes get ripped open as well. So it's a very, very delicate and very painful time. It's important to respect that and honor that and do what is need to, needed to be done so you can properly move on and not just pretend like everything is okay and perhaps escape into another relationship. This is what codependents oftentimes do. They will uh, lose their, their narcissistic abuser and feel desperate to get some type of play, uh, safety and ultimately oftentimes fall back into other narcissistic relationships. So it's important to to face yourself, which is certainly not an easy process, but doing so will be the quickest way out. You gotta face it to heal it. You gotta deal with it. Without dealing with it, you are avoiding what is. And the longer you wait, the more difficult it is to get in touch with these wounds, the more difficult it is to heal and grieve the loss and the pain. I hope this podcast resonated with you. If it does, if it did, please do uh, feel free to share it. I am available for coaching. I'd love to help you along the healing journey from narcissistic abuse. Uh, and grieve the loss of your innocence, of your of your opportunities, of the love that you invested, and ultimately deal with this with the um, with the wounds, not just of the relationship, but even from childhood. Uh, if you don't already know, I work with a system of therapy called the Mind Map. The Mind Map is designed to help you identify your core wounds and help you heal that, and ultimately create healthier relationship patterns and belief systems within. Uh, I offer a free PDF of Dr. Rosenberg's book, so, uh, something so book she wrote. Uh, on the mind map. This is something she offers to all the listeners of this podcast. So please do reach out. I can be reached at yitz, Y-I-T-Z, at psychologicalhealingcenter.com by phone 252-696-4852. And so thank you again for listening. And until next time, all the best.